What's up, everybody? This is episode 10 of the One Question Podcast. And if this is your first time listening, the One Question Podcast is where we sort of address some of life's most difficult questions. And those often lead to other questions, which lead to other questions, which lead to other questions. Um, <laughs> so it's never really one question. <laughs> should just be called one conversation. <laughs> uh, I'm David, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lindsay. Hey, guys. And today we have Pastor Kerry sitting with us. Hey, what's up, everyone? So happy you're here. So happy you're joining us. Yeah, and, and if this is your first time, welcome. We are so excited. This is a really great episode to be joining us for because the question is pretty good. I'm just going to let you know. Um, But hey, maybe you are spiritually curious. Maybe you're wondering why we have these um, questions and why we're addressing them through a Christian worldview. We're so glad you're here. Um, Maybe you're new to faith or maybe you've been following Jesus a long time. No matter where you're at on that journey, our hope is really that you would just take a next step forward, Um, that you would have open hands and be able to listen to a conversation like this and um, be able to ask questions and know that this is a safe, easy place for that to happen. So we're so excited that y'all are joining us. Ready? Ready. Let's do it. Episode 10. (laughs) The one question, how good do I have to be to get into heaven? Oh, deep. See, I thought the question was going to be, do all dogs go to heaven? And I was really prepared (laughs) and really excited. That's a a total another one (laughs) question. Is my pet going to be in heaven? I watched a documentary about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, maybe we'll address that next time. Yeah. So so how good do I have to be to go to heaven? Um, You know, as we started talking about this being the question for this episode, there to me, it just popcorns all kinds of assumptions and and Mm -hmm. things that have to get unpacked just within the question (laughs) itself, because the question assumes a number of things, right? It assumes, number one, that there is a heaven. Um, And so that in and of itself comes from a Judeo-Christian worldview. Like Mm -hmm. if you're an atheist and you think this is it, there is no heaven. So so this, you don't have to worry about being you don't good have enough. to worry about being good enough. But the the next assumption, though, if you are going to say there is a heaven or I want there to be a heaven or something after this uh, is we're saying that there's some type of uh, moral imperative that gets me to heaven. Right. That there's a way to actually get there that I can earn my way into mm-hmm. heaven. And so then we're asking uh how good do I have to be, right? We're, we're saying, what is the actual extent? What's the line in the sand uh, to get there? So there, to there's me- There's a couple things. There's a, there's a couple different things going on it's in this question. question. How good do I have to be uh, to go to heaven? Well, yeah, let's break down yeah. some of those things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, is there a heaven? Is there And a how heaven? do we know? For certain, yeah. what is he- what is heaven? I know? asked mine first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think those are <laughs> they those are all great. They all yeah. go together, uh, and and again, it depends on your worldview, where you're coming from. Uh, as Christians, we believe there's a heaven. We believe that scripturally, heaven is talked about. Jesus refers to heaven uh, in the book of Acts. Chapter 1, Jesus ascends to heaven and then he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty right now. Uh, We believe that. We believe that as we finish life on this earth, that when we've proclaimed Jesus as Lord and Savior, that we will be united with God in eternity and 
with this heaven is. Now, there's a lot of debate within Christian circles as to what that is, what that looks like based on different interpretations of the Bible. Just for a real quick way to get there, though, what I would say is heaven is eternity with God, Mm. right? Eternity with God in his presence at, at all times. Now, other faiths have belief in, um, in, in not necessarily heaven, but, but in, in an afterlife, afterlife mm-hmm. right? In a uh, place of eternal bliss, uh, getting to Shangri-La and, and all of that. And so uh, that's where sometimes what happens is we begin to mix, merge, and mingle all kinds of faiths and traditions uh, into uh, this one perspective of what heaven is. And we have to be careful with that because they are not all the same. Uh, we as Christians not, do not believe, for instance, that uh, we are going to be reincarnated. We believe there's an actual resurrection Mm -hmm. of the dead. We believe there's a resurrection of the physical bodies, and those bodies are perfected to heavenly bodies. That's not a reincarnation. It's not a coming back here as a butterfly or whatever. Um, But there is... (laughs) I wouldn't survive one second as a butterfly. (laughs) There is life together with God in communion with God uh, eternal. And that to us would be what heaven is. So then, you know, because I think I hear from people often is no matter what we believe, we're all kind of going to the same place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might call it heaven. Other people call it paradise or mm-hmm. whatever that is. You know, how do we I think it's just difficult because sometimes it almost feels arrogant to be like, well, my way is the right way. Mm. And my heaven that I'm imagining mm. and believe in is the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, something that I, I think is interesting as we look at world religions and uh, whether it's heaven, Shangri-La, wherever, how do you get there to me is a big differentiator. Mm. And, and it's a big differentiator in what we think truth is. And, and this is part of the uh, the the place we find ourselves in culturally right now, we live in a culture of relative truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is what I define truth to be. And so if you are trying to define truth in a way that I disagree with, well, that's not really truth. And so we got to wrestle through the this kind of absolute truth versus relative truth and and what does that look like and to say that there is no absolute truth actually in and of itself that statement is an absolute statement so you're right there you're automatically uh, negating the fact that that there's not relative truth right And, and so we do have this understanding that and, and belief that there is absolute truth. We believe that that comes from God through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's why as Christians, we feel such an imperative to share our faith so that other people can know and can experience a relationship uh, that we experience. Yeah. You know, I remember learning a lot about the difference between relativism and absolute truth and, and someone saying, you know, so for those of y'all watching on YouTube right now, you'll see I have a computer in front of me, you know, I can say, I believe this computer is in front of me. 
David could say, I don't believe it's in front of you. Carrie could say, it doesn't really matter whether it's in front of you or not. (laughs) But one of us is right. You know, there is an absolute truth. No matter Mm -hmm. what we believe doesn't dictate truth. Mm -hmm. We can just use the best um, logic and, and most of the Holy Spirit that we can to be guided to that truth. But what we believe doesn't change reality. Right. And I think that's important for us to realize, even as we're having conversations like this about heaven of, there is, you know, if there is something, what we believe doesn't dictate what that something is. That's we right. can just try our best to understand and ask the Holy Spirit what that is. That's right. So, assuming that, let's just pretend. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't believe in heaven, we're going to pretend like for for argument's sake here, <laughs> for conversation's sake, there is a heaven. Okay. How do we get there? We're just good, right? Just do, we're just good people, and we get yeah. to go. So from a, and this really is uh, something that separates, I believe, Christianity from other world religions believing in an afterlife or a reincarnation is how you get to that. Um, As Christians, how good do you have to be? Well, perfect. The technical answer (laughs) is perfect. Yeah. The technical answer is perfect. What we believe is that if heaven is eternity with God, what is separating us from heaven is sin. And so that's the lack of perfection that's separating us from God. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that you do have to be perfect, but Jesus and our scriptures teach us that that's not possible. Sin has entered the world, and so we can't earn our way at this point into heaven. And that really separates us from other world religions because there's not an earning aspect anymore in Mm -hmm. Christianity for heaven. We get to heaven. We believe we get to heaven through a relationship with Jesus. Who was perfect. Who was perfect, Mm -hmm. lived a perfect life. We believe that Jesus is God incarnate in human flesh, came, lived a perfect life, took on death, in our place, death on a cross, and was resurrected three days later. And that, we believe, is what paves the way for us when we say yes to a relationship with Jesus, when we repent of our sins uh, and turn to God, that paves the way to heaven for us. So at that point, there is no earning. It's not, was I good enough to get one more rung up on the incarnational Mm -hmm. ladder? (laughs) I got, I was saved by just this much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's one of almost, to me, the logical issues with this whole earning salvation is where do you draw the line? Is it you have to, you know, be 60% good, 40% bad? Mm-hmm. Is it 50-50? Is it 90-10? Like, you know, how do we kind of measure that? Um, but in light of that, you know, Pastor Kerry, if we don't have to earn our way to heaven, then why can't we just do whatever we want and go crazy right now and just rely on the relationship with Jesus? Yeah, well, you know, something that's interesting is that uh, even within Christian traditions, this idea of earning versus not earning it is something that divides Christians. So uh, there are certainly Christian faiths and perspectives that that are out there that do believe in a works-based, earning-based salvation. Uh, what we believe, and, and through our church, what we believe is that it's it's salvation through faith in Jesus. And, and so I just had a conversation uh, 
recently with a number of leaders in our church about this very subject of what are we doing when we do church, right? If there's not an earning base, that kind of thing, what what are we doing? Why would we come to church if everything's already predetermined, all that kind of stuff? What's actually happening? And here's what we believe. We believe that when we say yes to Jesus, Jesus promises is promises the Holy Spirit in Scripture to us, and the Holy Spirit comes, inhabits our souls at that point, and he's working towards this thing called sanctification. And so... That's a big word. It is a big word. So (laughs) sanctification is is the process of becoming more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if we look to the beginning of our Scriptures, we see that we are created in the image of God. So that is in the image, actually, of Jesus that we believe. And we believe that the Holy Spirit then through the sanctification process is going to be making us more and more like Jesus again. Here's why that's important. Because that gives us the heart of Jesus. And when we begin to have more and more of the heart of Jesus, we begin to care about the things he cares about. And probably even more specifically, we care about the people he cares about. And we recognize that Jesus cares about those who are far from God and those who are outside of a relationship with his heavenly father. And so we don't become good behaviorists, right? We don't become people who are like, hey, I'm trying to be a better moral person. We become people who are transformed more into the likeness of Christ. And Christ is the embodiment of perfect love. And so that then becomes more and more demonstrated in our lives, and it affects the people around us when we yield to that and allow that to happen. Yeah, it's not just good to better, it's death to life. Yeah, Yeah. very much so. So, again, assuming that there is heaven. (laughs) A lot of assumptions around here today. And assuming that we want to go there. Yeah. Because we do, right? That's, That's the goal. Well, I, I think that's a valid kind we might of need question. To pause right there, to, yeah. yeah, let's pause right there because uh, if you would say here in this life mm-hmm. that you don't desire to have a relationship with God or with Jesus, but you believe if I'm just a good person, I'm going to go to heaven, why would you want to spend eternity with somebody that you don't want to be with right now? Right. Right, that that right there is a big assumption that I'm going to go to heaven and it's going to be this vacation. paradise vacation, yeah. right? I'm going to be hanging out at the beach the whole time. We believe heaven to be with God. That's what we started talking about at the beginning of this episode is we believe heaven is eternity with God in his presence with him. And so you have to ask that question, like, do you really want to go to heaven? Is there something there within the Judeo-Christian understanding of what heaven is that you actually desire and, and really search ourselves? If I don't want that right now, why would I want that for eternity? Like that. That, yeah. to me, it, it would sound awful. <laughs> that was a source of, uh, I would say, anxiety in my earlier life. Because mm. every, every like, I guess, human-painted portrait of heaven mm-hmm. was people sitting around rolling beach balls to each other. What like, paintings were like, you looking at? <laughs> well, no, not, not, I saw clouds, not beach balls. Not, pa- not real paintings. <laughs> I'm just what, what, the way that people would talk about it. It yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to sit and you're going to... Like, play little yeah. games. And I was like, this sounds really boring. But the other place doesn't sound good either. So I'll <laughs> go with that first one. So I think that, that 
I love what you said about the fact that desiring that relationship with Jesus or desiring that relationship with God here on earth is really the backbone of our desire yeah. to go there. Because I I totally missed that when I was younger. It just yeah. seemed like the better of the two options. Yeah, I so. think it's uh, I think our time here then on earth, back to your question a few minutes ago, Lindsay, it is paving the way for what eternity will be for us. And in fact, I believe and we believe that that as Jesus comes, inhabits uh, our lives, and the Holy Spirit empowers us, that heaven isn't something far off. Jesus talks about this. He talks about the kingdom of God is in your midst mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And so there is the ability that Christians have today to not just have heaven in a far off place someday, but to have heaven come and be a reality here and now, and so we talk about this often, we talk about these fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what gets produced in us. That is defining of the characteristics of the relationships that we have in heaven, but that also can be defining of the relationships that we have here and now. And so maybe you're listening, maybe you're watching, and in, in, in your life, there's a lack of peace. Mm-hmm. And, and you're feeling, and it's easy in today's culture that we live in to lack peace. Jesus says you don't have to wait for Shangri-La to get that peace. Mm. Yeah. He says, my Holy Spirit can inhabit you today and grow peace in you so that no matter what happens in your life, no matter what terrible circumstances, you can have the peace of knowing what a relationship with me looks like. And you can have the peace that I can offer you that no matter what circumstance happens, you have solid founding. Is that how we know that we're going to heaven when we find that sort of peace in our life? Yeah, because I'll say for me, I grew up in the church and I loved it. I loved my church family, but there was such a fear in me that I wasn't going to go to heaven. Mm. And I loved Jesus and I loved God, but I was so scared that what if I don't love them enough? Or Uh. what if I'm not doing enough? Like, what would you say to someone who is listening and is like, I want to go to heaven. I want to worship God, but I, I don't feel this complete certainty. I'm at like a 98%, maybe an 80%. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to that person? You know, uh, our church is founded theologically on, on the writings, beliefs, mainly of a man named John Wesley who lived a couple hundred years ago. He struggled with this. Uh, for much of his early life. He was actually an ordained priest, uh, not in the Catholic Church, Church of England, but he is doing his, his pastoral duties and all of this, and yet he is struggling with, how do I know? Like, how do I know that I have eternal security? How do I know that I know that I know? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so he comes he comes, he's in England, he comes to the Americas, total failure in everything he did here uh, in that first trip. He goes back uh, and he's just in this dejected place and just struggling with this, how do I know? And he ends up going to this uh, house church meeting. And in that meeting, he talks about this experience that he has with the Holy Spirit And he says, I was strangely warmed 
and somehow at that point I knew. And in that moment, what I believe was happening was he became acutely aware of the Holy Spirit in his life. Mm -hmm. And what we believe from a scriptural standpoint is that when we place our trust in Jesus, Paul, the Apostle Paul talks about in the book of Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 9, he says this, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. And so... We believe that that when you make that declaration, you are secure as you continue to profess that in your life again and again and again and, and understand you're yielding to let the Holy Spirit work. And, and as you see the outworking of the Holy Spirit in your life, that that is that sense of that is that sense uh, of security being shown. Right, you can rest assured that it's there, but in some senses, that's the proof mm -hmm. that it is there as you see those things working in your life. Question What if someone asked Jesus into their life, last second of their life, on their deathbed? On their deathbed, yeah, and they've lived a life that wasn't in relationship with God, mm -hmm. but in that moment, and I'm not talking about just pure desperation where yeah. they're just throwing it out there and just saying the words, but mm -hmm. in their moment, their heart, they really believe I see God or something. Absolutely. Jesus tells a great parable of workers in a field and the, the uh, owner of the field, he goes out in the morning and he's looking for workers. They're along the side of the road. He says, come, uh, I'll pay you this wage, come and work for the day. A couple hours later, the, the owner goes back out, finds some more workers, come, I'll pay you this wage. Does that three or four times throughout the day. till finally, last round of them, I mean, they're right at the end of the day, come, I'll pay you this wage. Then at the end of the day, they come and they line up based on those who had been there the shortest first. <laughs> And he pays them the day's wage. Just to rub it into other people's faces. Well, right? not to rub it in, <laughs> but more so he's demonstrating what the grace of God is in that moment. He's demonstrating to say, hey, yeah, you may have only worked two hours, but I promised you a day's wage. Right. And I believe what he's saying to us there is the relationship with me is what matters. Mm. And what my heavenly father has promised is what really matters it's not about how much you worked to actually be in the kingdom of god it's about the grace of god being demonstrated and poured out into your life that determines your place within the kingdom of god and so yeah you're sitting on your deathbed i celebrate that i yeah. say amen to that because uh, sure is is there a gap of a life missed with a life with God. Sure. I mourn that, but more than that, I want to see people live mm -hmm. in eternity yeah. in relationship with God. We, we want to see people no matter where they are in their walk of faith, no matter how long it takes them to get there, to, to be in that place where they can see the goodness of God in their lives. And that's what I believe happens there in those deathbed moments people are becoming aware of the grace of God, the goodness of God available to them and all that he has 
for them. And sure, is it, do I think it's sad that they've missed that their whole lives? Absolutely. But that's going to be a blink compared to the eternity they're going to get with him. So good. Yeah, and I think there are times, you know, even with that parable you mentioned, I'm sure that the people who were working all day were a little upset that the people at the very end got the same experience. Um, But, you know, I think about the people on their deathbed who give their lives to Jesus, and part of me is like, oh, they're so lucky they didn't have to fight sin or or struggle or live a try to live a good life like I did. But really the reality is they missed out on all the peace and the patience and the love Mm -hmm. that I experienced. Mm -hmm. And, and even though the calling was difficult as a Christian, like I experienced a peace they never got to. Absolutely. And so I think we really have to kind of flip that narrative of not, Oh, they're so lucky they got in right at the last second, but man, what a missed life, but what an amazing eternity we're all going to have together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you guys, as we as we wrap up here, I just want to say I'm really encouraged. And I think that the more that we lean into this idea away from what culture has to say about working to earn things um, and the more we're able to just kind of sit still and lean into the Holy Spirit and ask, you know, Holy Spirit, what would you do in me? I think the more our lives will show that fruit. And like Carrie said, the you know, most important thing at the end of the day is we're reaching other people. That's mm-hmm. the point of this life is not to have a good life, but to reach more people for him. And so we hope that you guys listening were encouraged. Um, if you have any other questions, we would always love to hear them. Maybe it's a question that came out of this conversation. Yep. Um, maybe it's something totally different. Email them to one question at beachchurchjacks.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Pastor Carrie, David, thank y'all for being here. Yeah, to be Thanks, here. Guys. All right, we'll see y'all next week.